1: This is the Minnesota Tim Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today. I'm doing a little something different. I've been stuck on 20 reviews for this podcast for over a month, and I'm sick and tired of it, okay? I've asked you to rate and review the podcast, so finally, I'm going to give an award. The next five people who rate and review the podcast will be receiving a $20 gift card to Target, okay? Now, in order for me to know who rates and reviews the podcast, you'll need to message me on social media through Facebook or through Twitter, or you can send me an email to timothyparashka at iheartmedia.com. But this is what we're doing. The next five reviews for the Minnesota Tim Podcast, those people will receive a... $20 $20 gift card. So I'll rate and review the podcast right now to earn your $20 gift card. It literally takes a minute. This is a free $20 gift card with inflation, with gas prices. I mean, groceries, what are they up like 20 to 30% it seems like at grocery stores, which includes Target. Take advantage of this $20 gift card opportunity. The next five people will win a $20 gift card. Rate and review the podcast right now. Okay, so the Minnesota Vikings defeated the New Orleans Saints 28-25 to 25 in dramatic fashion. The double doink by Will Lutz, the New Orleans Saints kicker. Now, I know I'm sounding a little bit different. I'm coming off a cold myself. Um, Battling through it, fighting through it I think I'm on the final few days of it Yesterday was the leaky nose day And it was drippy It was running I had to have Kleenex in my pocket I had to take some nose stuff So it didn't drip all over at church During our event at Big Truck Sunday Um, So that's why my voice sounds a little bit different But I'm excited to break down And share my thoughts about the Vikings-Saints matchup In London on Sunday. So, my opening thought was this. The Vikings offense looked really good. They were moving the ball. They got Justin Jefferson involved. And the Saints defense is really good. They held the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to, what, three points through the first three quarters in that game a couple weeks ago? The Saints defense is no joke. And Kirk Cousins was hitting open receivers... Kevin O'Connell's offense was looking amazing like it did in the first week of the season, but they couldn't pounce on the opportunities that were given to them to put the game away early. The game could have really been over by the third quarter. With Andy Dalton's fumble, the Vikings kicked a field goal. With the punt return muff by the Saints, the Vikings kicked another field goal. Justin Jefferson had the drop in the end zone. The ball was thrown a little bit behind him, but if you're going to be the best receiver in football, that's a catch that you need to make. If you want to be considered better than Cooper Cup, better than Stephon Diggs, better than anybody else at that position in the NFL, that is a catch that you must make. And then there was the tight end drop. It wasn't Irv Smith Jr. I think it was Johnny Munt. It was 3rd and 1. Cousins, it was a play action, threw it out to the right, dropped it, could have been a touchdown, maybe he would have got stopped at the 3- or 4-yard line, and then on 4th and 1, the Vikings kicked another field goal. So I think Greg Joseph had 4 or 5 field goals in that game, which field goals are points, so it's a good thing. But field goals, a lot of times, lose you games, because that's 4 Field goals for Greg Joseph? Let's say he had four field goals in that game. I think it was around four or five. I can confirm that right now. Why don't we just confirm it? It'll take me two seconds, just like it'll take you two seconds to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. Greg Joseph made five field goals in that game. You take those five field goals, you take three of them as touchdowns, and that's 21 points. And Vikings had... Two easy opportunities to make those touchdowns, the Dalton fumble and the punt return muff. So the Vikings blew a lot of opportunities to score touchdowns, but they also moved the ball well against the Saints. So I was very pleased with what I saw from the Vikings offensively in that game. The second note that I made in this game. It is very difficult to win in the NFL. So, even though the Vikings made it much closer than it had to be, they still won the game and the Vikings are still 3-1. How can you complain about a victory in the NFL? I don't think you can. I don't think it's possible or right to complain about a victory in the NFL. At the end of the season, when all regular season games are over, The teams that make the playoffs and the teams that miss the playoffs, they don't look back and check their schedule and say, well, I mean, we should have been a playoff team because we should have won this game. Or, you know what, we really shouldn't have won as many games as we did because we barely stunk by the Lions and we shouldn't have beat the Saints by more points than we did. Nobody thinks like that. Nobody looks back at the schedule throughout the season and says, you know what, yeah, We are lucky to be here. We should not be here right now. We really should have lost this game. We didn't deserve to win that game. Nobody cares at that point of the season. So you shouldn't care right now. Sure, maybe the Vikings should have won by double digits in that game with Andy Dalton and their best wide receiver, Mike Thomas, and Alvin Kamara missing that game. Three starters at the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver position missed that game for the Saints. But still, the Vikings were able to win. They were able to pull it off. If they lost, this conversation would be looking differently. But they won. They snuck away with a win. They played good, but they kicked too many field goals. And that's something that they will have to correct when they play better teams down the road like the Miami Dolphins, like when they play the Packers in Week 16 or 17 in Lambeau Field. Those are things that will have to be corrected. If the Vikings want to make the playoffs, those are things that have to be corrected. But we're four weeks into the season. The Vikings are 3-1, and, and right now, you should be happy and you should be pleased with a new coaching staff, a new defensive and offensive playbook, a completely new system. You should be pleased and content with the Vikings being 3-1. and one. Because, like I said, it is hard to win in the NFL. The Green Bay Packers took the Patriots to overtime at Lambeau Field with Brian Hoyer and some guy named Zap at quarterback. The Denver Broncos lost to the winless Las Vegas Raiders. The Eagles survived the Jacksonville Jaguars where... Trevor Lawrence had to fumble the ball five times just to win that game. It is hard to win in the NFL. The Vikings went to London and became 3-1. The Vikings are winning close games. And last year when the Vikings lost how many one-score games? It was like 13 or 14 games where the Vikings lost one-score games. And now we're seeing the Vikings win one-score games? This is a new system, new culture, new head coach, new defensive head coach, and we're seeing the Vikings pull it out with the same players. So you should be happy with what we're seeing from the Vikings. The third note that I made in this game, Kirk's clutch factor has been real this season. You can get off of Kirk for not being clutch. Against the Detroit Lions, when Kirk had to have a game-winning drive, He drove down and threw a beautiful 28-yard pass to K.J. Osborne, who burned Mike Hughes. This game, when he needed to have a game-winning drive, he drove down through a beautiful bomb to Justin Jefferson, who beat Marcus Lattimore by a step or two, and placed it on him perfectly. Greg Joseph hits the game-winning field goal. This is back-to-back weeks now in the NFL, where Kirk Cousins, when he had to deliver in the final minutes of the game, Kirk delivered. You can get off of this guy for not being clutch. Maybe, well, not maybe. We all know Kirk struggles in primetime big games, but you could get off of him for not being clutch. This is back-to-back weeks in... Huge games. I mean, if the Vikings lose both of these games, we're looking at a 1-3 record, and both of these games were one-score games. And Kirk delivered. Even if the Vikings split these, they're 2-2. Two and two. Kirk delivered. The final note that I have, well, two final notes I guess I have. The gifts from the refs. The Adam Thielen pass interference penalty. I know Thielen put his hand on Marcus Lattimore's face mask, which got the Vikings down to the two-yard line, which then created the Justin Jefferson sweep for the touchdown, that was a pass interference on the Saints. Now, Thielen's hand went on Marcus Lattimore's face mask because Marcus Lattimore interfered with Thielen, which made Thielen put his hand on his face mask. It was something that Marcus Lattimore did, which led to Thielen putting his hand on his face mask. And then the other play, the hands to the face, which was called on the honey badger, Tyran Mathieu. I think the officials, I mean, I have no, like, I'm not a fact checker on this, but I wonder if the officials said the wrong number on that play because they showed the instant replay and the announcers are like, holy crap, that's a terrible call. And Everyone on Twitter about the Vikings are like, holy crap, that's a terrible call. And you've seen this from time to time, where the announcers, I mean, where the officials, where they say the wrong number on who the penalty was actually on. Maybe they said the incorrect number, because if it was on the honey badger on 3rd and 10, when he shoved Justin Jefferson into the line of scrimmage, that was a game-changing call. And... Next week, Vikings fans are going to forget it and blame the refs if they lose against the Chicago Bears, or even, or even if they win, they'll blame the refs for not winning by more points. That is one thing that I cannot stand when players and fans blame the refs. This is the biggest bias in the history of sports. When you look at the game, you cannot tell me that the refs are one-sided. Each team gets calls. Each team has calls called against them. Officiating games is really hard, not just in professional sports, but in high school and college sports too. That's why you're seeing high school officials in football and basketball all over the place not officiating games anymore because fans and coaches and players are just giving them hell on the court. They have no, like, obligation to officiate games, and the benefits of officiating these games aren't that high. Sure, you might get a couple of bucks for officiating games, but to get your butt chewed out for two hours by every single parent, whether you make a call for this team, then the other team complains. Whether you make a call for this team, then the other team complains. It doesn't matter the benefits for officiating games in high school don't outweigh the cons anymore. And that's why you see games being canceled all over the place because parents and coaches are going crazy because they are so biased towards their own kids and team that they have no reasoning behind anything anymore. They cannot look at a game and say, yeah, that ref made the right call. It's always got to be something. And it's the same thing from fans towards their own football team. You know what? Maybe the Vikings did get away with something there. But with the Saints, hands-to-the-face penalty. But you know what? The refs called the Vikings for this holding call. That shouldn't have been a holding call or whatever. Or the Saints got away with something. And it goes the same way. When the Vikings blame the refs for... um, not calling a call that they should have made, well, what about the last possession when they gave the Vikings a pass interference call offensively that we shouldn't have had? It goes both directions, and when fans blame the refs, it's my biggest pet peeve in sports because players win the games, players lose the games. The officials, they miss calls on both sides. And then the last point, the double doink. Wow. Will Lultz. I wonder what the chances of that double doink were. When you look at the instant replay in slow motion and you see the first doink and then you see the second doink. I think the announcers made a comment. Like if there was just a little bit of wind in that game, then that field goal would have went in. Even if there was like a little draft of wind, um, And it was so funny watching the instant replay when they showed the players reacting. First, they showed the Saints players reacting, and it looks like like it's going in. They're getting excited. So they're putting their arms up, and then the field goal doinks, and then they're putting their hands a little bit further down, and then it doinks again, and then it misses, and then their hands are on their helmet, and then the Vikings players are rejoicing. It was just a complete shift of emotions, and when it was watched on instant replay, it was hilarious. But the Vikings are 3-1. and one. They play the Chicago Bears next. They should be 4-1. and one, And then they play the Miami Dolphins in Miami, which we'll see how the Miami Dolphins... I'm, I'm not going to say they'll lose that game. I don't want to predict it yet. Before the season, I thought the Vikings would win. But now the Miami Dolphins with Tua look legit. Don't know if Tua will be back yet. Uh, I want to see the Miami Dolphins another week coming off a loss after the Cincinnati Bengals game because now maybe teams have figured out the Dolphins a little bit. They scored 15 points against the Bengals. Maybe the Bengals found some holes in the Dolphins that other teams will use going forward. I will make that prediction after the Bears game, but I fully expect the Vikings to get it done this week. The Bears offense struggles mightily. Justin Jefferson hasn't accelerated his development as much as I thought he would. Um, So I would expect the Vikings to be 4-1 after next week. But it might be a close game because games in the NFL are really, really hard to win. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Minnesota Tim Podcast. remember, the first five who rate and review the podcast, there's a $20 gift card coming your way. Message me and tell me if you rate and reviewed it. Rate and reviewed it? Message me and tell me if you rate and reviewed the show. Sometimes words come out that you don't even know come out. It's like, what? Reviewed it? Huh? Everyone have a great week.